Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome along to season two of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It has been a long summer and we tried to have a holiday, but Scottish rugby decided that this summer was the time to discover professionalism. So we are back and I'm here with Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Um, we had the lines, I suppose, but not much else rugby-wise over the summer. So just looking forward to, to getting back into it. And of course, he's back with his unique negativity on Scottish rugby. Here's Alan. Yeah, good to be back. I mean, when we first started this, I literally didn't think we'd make it three episodes. So here we go. I know. And um, so I think we made it 28 episodes in season one and 75 reviews on iTunes, guys. So thanks a lot for uh, for all the love and a little bit of hate. But um, we do love hearing from you. And also we're on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Podcast. And you can get us on iTunes, on Acast, and pretty much every podcast sort of app now we appear on quite a lot. So get us, just type us into Google, and we are going to be there. So thanks a lot. Loads coming up and loads planned for season two. We are working away to line up some new guests for the new year. We're hopefully going to be a bit more structured in our timing, and we've got some new kits. So hopefully we are coming to you in great HD quality this evening. Um, before we get going, let's remind you what was going on. And um, how about a review from last season? This was the last one we got, and it's from Alistair Park. He says, as a former Scotland rugby mascot, Argentina 2001, which we lost 25-16, by the way. um, His knowledge has been lacking in recent years after patronizing patting on the head from the mainstream media. Alas, along comes the thistle. Simple chat without getting too bogged down on analysis, which makes it a great listen. 
I managed to get through the entire 28 episode archive in under five days. Absolutely incredible achievement. I mean, that is one way, definitely one way to spend your, your summer holidays. It's certainly so. one way to do it. But Alistair, thanks a lot for coming along. Um, is it a bit, do we get too bogged down in analysis? Is that a nice thing for him to say? Well, we don't, do we? we just, is it because we don't know that much? We've just got such great insight that often, you know, we're coming <laughs> at you from so many different angles that maybe you get a bit bogged down, but I don't uh, think so. Possibly. Anyway, let's crack on. So we've got three issues to discuss today. Loads of stuff coming out of the SRU. And um, obviously from the new Pro 14. So that is our first Thistle issue of the day. We're going to be chewing that over. Um, I know we talked about it when it was still a rumor. And we've been doing plenty of tweeting about it. But we're going to talk about what has actually been announced and whether our opinions on it have changed. Um, Another big announcement from the SRU, the Super 6, the new semi-pro division, which is going to be coming to um, Scotland in the 2018-19 season Um, and also some other tidbits that came out of the Scottish Rugby AGM which was held last week but why don't we have a little recap of some of the news sort of transfer signings and bits and bobs that have come out over the last um, few weeks and let's start with some good news for Glasgow Warrior fans Ruri Jackson returning from his um, hiatus in England Alan what did you make of that one? Yeah, good to have him back. Um, I've always been, I've always had a, been a little bit of a fanboy for Rory Jackson. I think he, I think really? he can bring a lot to the table. Um, covers ten and fifteen. I think obviously with Finn Russell and Pete Horn almost certainly being away, it's um, probably quite good not just to have to rely on Adam Hastings. And um, yeah, fifteen, he sort of gives us sort of good flexibility. So yeah, just got married over the summer. He's looking fresh. He's looking ready. Saw he was skateboarding around Victoria Park at the weekend. Should we be having a great time? I did see the exactly the same thing. I think we've sort of established that we do follow the same obscure <laughs> rugby internationals on, on social media. Um, I think he'll be good backup, not much else. Uh, I've never been that big a fan of him just because I think he's so inconsistent. And I think he, he promised quite a lot when he first burst on the scene in that bath match, I think we all remember. But since then, he's never really sort of been that authoritative and He's been quite lucky, actually, I think, to be able to get moves to Wasps and Harlequins. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, I don't think he's, um, he's definitely been better players play for those clubs. But, yeah, I think he'll be good backup. I think he actually will play the majority of rugby at 15 because I think when Russell's away, Hastings will be the one they'll play at 10. Yeah, most, definitely. And that'll be maybe like SOU mandated. But I think he'll do, you know, in sort of the, the games and the internationals are away, I think he, he'll do a pretty good job. Yeah, and I'm just looking down this list. This is all incoming for Glasgow Warriors. So sorry, Edinburgh fans. You all know they, you closed off your squad about six weeks ago. So unlucky on that one. I will give you guys 45 seconds to talk about Stumel legend George Turner going from Edinburgh to Glasgow. Well, he is my mate and he is a mate of the pod. So maybe I'll talk about it. Um, it seems as if he's, he's uh, not getting much game time at Edinburgh. Um, they've got a few hookers there who are quite established and Fraser Brown's injured. So... I think it's a win-win for everyone. He gets some game time. Glasgow get a good young hooker. Uh, I really want to see him actually play this season, though. He hasn't. He's been a pro for a long time, and he hasn't. I think he started one match in about four years. So, I really want to see him play and just see what he can actually do because I think he does have a lot of promise. Does it leave Edinburgh with? They're not light on hookers, but are they light on quality hookers? <laughs> I mean. Is there any quality... Who, <laughs> Fraser Brown. Apart from Fraser Brown, apart, is, is there any Fraser other Brown. quality hookers? And apart from Scott Lawson, is there any quality hookers? I don't think so. I think 
Ross Ford, Stuart McAnally, and who's the third one? It'll be Neil Cochran. Neil Cochran. Watsonian's legend. I actually prefer Neil Cochran out of all those three. Well, Neil Cochran sort of, he was getting all the game time ahead of Rambo last season. So I don't yeah. know if, if, if McAnally's on his, sort of, on his way, way down at Edinburgh, but... Uh, yeah, it would seem with sort of Cockrell coming in, this is probably sort of quite a big season for him. He's obviously been there for sort of a long time. And, you know, hopefully he's got sort of the athleticism for it. Um, it's just whether he's just never had that proper run of games, a bit like George Turner to really sort of cement himself in that squad. Um, what other signings we got? Well, Alan, I'll leave this one to you because you are very good at pronouncing <laughs> names. Why don't you talk about um, Glasgow's new Tongan signing? Yeah, uh, Halan Ukunuka. <laughs> is that it? I think that is how they pronounce it. Um, Halan Halanukanuka, the nuke. I've, yeah. I've seen being banded around on uh, social media. So the nuke from now on, he looks like a decent, a decent all season round um, signing for them. I've actually chatted to the nuke very randomly. Yeah, he was um, playing rugby golf pre Highlanders Lions game, and him and one of the other <laughs> players came over, and we were like. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, Big lad? He is not small, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Um, although I think he's playing for Tasman in the Mighty Cup. So I don't think he'll actually be across until October time, which you know probably isn't actually that that big a deal. I'm sure he's probably there more for sort of Six Nations cover, but yeah. Is he in the Tong- or Tonga playing any games in the Autumn Internationals or anything like that? I'm assuming, I'm assuming they are, because there is a big sort of tier two push at the moment. And actually, yeah. Tonga are actually playing the best they've played for quite a long time. I know they've just they've qualified for the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Um, so I would imagine that he actually won't be around for the Autumn Internationals. But uh, anyway, I still think he's a, a yeah. fairly decent squad signing for Glasgow, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, th- I think he won the, the Super 15 with the Highlanders at some point. Like, so he seems a pretty abrasive guy. Um, yeah, he's good signing. And once again, you contrast it with absolutely zero news coming out of Edinburgh, which I just, it seems crazy. They've literally done nothing. All the news coming out of Edinburgh has basically been dominated by one man, and that is Richard Cockrell. And even to, we were hearing some sort of, um, some rumours and some chat from people in and around the squad that he'd had these very punchy conversations. And then he comes out in the press and is equally as bullish. And um, some of the quotes he was giving to the, the Scotsman and the, and all the Scottish press and the BBC were, he's he's not messing around. I wouldn't have liked to have had a sit-down one-on-one with him if I was a a sort of squad player at Edinburgh. You wouldn't feel very good about your, your employment uh, prospects. No, absolutely. Although at least he's honest. He's, he seems like a guy yeah. who's just like, I've got my <laughs> standards, and if you don't reach them, then get fucked. Which is and, exactly what Edinburgh need. Yeah, although I quite like the way he sort of, Cockrell was asked about what his sort of expectations were for this season. He went, I promise nothing. And they were like, cool, <laughs> all right then. So any, think- anything goes. But he's sort of very, we obviously been very clear that, you know, this season is very much his season of sort of stamping the authority, author- or stamping his sort of image on the team. And actually what happens this season might not matter. And actually it's, it's a long-term plan, not a short-term fix. So, you know, good. I think... That was, oh, a nice, that was a nice turn of phrase, though. Thank you very much. That was very good. It literally just came to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, this is starting terribly. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think there was a, quite a lot of people in the Scottish press who were a bit sort of 
unsure about Cockrell and I think as we as we were at the start and it seems that the longer he's been in the position and more that's sort of come out of the camp about sort of how pre-season is going how he's sort of been um, operating with sort of his staff and players I think more people are getting a bit more sort of excited yeah I, myself included I, I I loved seeing him being as bullish in open as he probably was being behind behind closed doors I think it's exactly what Edinburgh need needs and it's it's like do you remember when you play um football manager and you have to choose whether you're like scornful of your players in public and stuff like that at the press conference and it gives him a bit of a kick up the arse I I I like that he's chosen that option yeah you've you got to be careful of the personalities because some people don't take too well to that oh, that's but true, this but is coming from a football manager expert, yeah yeah so <laughs> But, um, um, I mean, down the road, Glasgow tweeted this morning or yesterday morning that Dave Rennie's arrived. He's actually in, in and doing some coaching now, which is good, ahead of their first match against Northampton at Bridge Hall mm. on Saturday, which I'm going to, looking forward to it. Yeah, um, it, there's some interesting stuff coming out today, basically. Uh, Stuart Hall being interviewed about Dave Rennie coming and, you know, Hogg coming back from injury, and Dave Rennie supposedly said to him that, like, you've got to prove yourself at training um, in the work that you do around the club. I don't care about reputations at all. Sounded great. Like sounds like he's going to pick on form. Um, maybe put some youngsters in there as well. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just that first game or first couple of games, the kind of style that they play and the way they they approach things. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I know the Rugby Dungeon podcast did the interview with Kenny Murray, the sort of defence coach, which was great. Yeah, which yeah, if no if no one's listened to it, if no one's listened to it, if you haven't listened <laughs> to it, <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, um. Uh, have a listen and it's it was quite good to hear that he's not sort of coming in completely fresh he's obviously having sort of video conference meetings with the the coaches I think they flew over to South Africa to like spend a week with them so obviously you know he's not some sort of um playboy coach is that the right phrase playboy coach. <laughs> what are you trying to say I was going to say he's just not someone you know he's uh, with the Chiefs and then just co- and not sort of taking an interest in Glasgow and just flying straight over. I don't know what the phrase is for that. But. I'm really into the Playboy coach <laughs> phrase. I think let's call that Dave Rennie, not a Playboy, not a Playboy coach. Very very good, but that's exciting. And as we say, they get cracking in their um, preseason fixture this weekend. And we got sponsor for Glasgow. Exciting SP Energy Networks. I think they thought it was bigger news than it was actually <laughs> in reality. Yeah. I mean, if it be, I know it is technically Scottish power, but it just doesn't have the same sort of impact, does Why it? Why was it not Scottish power? Why is that Sco- not on the... Scottish power across the syrup would look so good. Yes. SP Energy Networks looks... <laughs> Terrible. Very poor. And it's a real colour clash. Yeah, on an on an old on a very good looking jersey as well. Actually, I know we were. I was very excited when the jersey was was shown without the sponsor, and it's it's kind of disappointed me a little bit. SP SP. It's not. <laughs> I think there is the one final bit of news I want to touch on, which isn't on Matt's pre prepared list, is Gregor Townsend will be announcing a Scotland training squad on Thursday. They're doing a little two or three day camp up in St Andrews, so it'll be interesting to see who gets picked into that. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it because I think I only just found that out today. Um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what sort of youngest players get in. I, I don't imagine there'll be too much change from the, the summer touring party with a few of the lines added back in. Um, but yeah, there'll be in St. Andrews. I'm sure there'll be a few runs of golf into the jigger in for a few Bellhaven bests. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the Scotland team Instagram, which is where I saw it, and I'm just confirming that I didn't make it up. Um, they're doing a short August camp. 
Named on Thursday, convening on Sunday. Absolutely delightful. There we go. So that sounds very nice. A weekend in St. Andrews in August for the boys. Shall we crack on to the big news? Yeah. Which has obviously been talked about for the last six months. It feels that we've touched on it at least a handful of times. But we now officially have a pro 14 with the Southern Kings and the Cheetahs joining the um, existing pro 12. Um, Matt. I can see you've got a long list of bullet points and there's a little bit of a spreadsheet in there as well. So I'm going to let you lead off on this. What do you make of the Pro 14 now that it is officially happening? Thanks, mate. Well, I was a bit fatigued by the whole thing because there was so much toing and froing and will they, won't they, that I sort of ignored it. So it wasn't until today when I really should have been doing some work that I decided to actually you know, dig down to the details. So... I think the most important facts, so you've got the new league, the 14 teams split into two conferences. Conference A, which is Glasgow, they'll be joined by Ospreys, Blues, Munster, Connacht, Zebra and Cheetahs. And then B, Edinburgh will have Scarlets, Dragons, Leinster, Ulster, Treviso and Kings. Um, So each team plays 21 games in total. Um, You play each team in, in the conference home and away. And then you have seven teams, seven games where you play teams in the opposite conference, either home or away. Um, and then within that, to make up fixtures, Italian, Scottish, and South African teams will play three derbies each. Which is what everyone was crying out for. <laughs> yeah, I know. Another <laughs> 1872 Cup game. They won't play them the over all three, though, will they? Sorry? Is it going to be a, cu- a cumulative score over all three? I don't know. So that you'll have the Someone two games... Someone at the SIU needs to get back you'll have to the two, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have the two games over Christmas like they've always done. And then I think it's on the, um, the yeah. last game of the season. You have Edinburgh against Glasgow yeah, at Murrayfield. I did I think. see that. So, so what do whether you, that is important or not, I don't know. I think the conference system seems to look all right. You've got two fairly even-looking pools there, and I think it, the two-and-one works. I, I think if that was, that's the best way to have done it. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think when it initially happened, I was quite disappointed. Um I I'd never I'd not really grasped I guess how desperate the money situation in yeah, Pro re- Twelve rugby was. Really I mean, bad. I I feel like a lot of that's coming from Wales, where <laughs> which is true. You know, yeah. Scott. You know, you look at Scott Scott the SRU um, financial results, and they're making over fifty million. So getting an extra million pounds from a TV deal yeah, in South no, Africa. That's true isn't particularly massive because it's all sort of centralised. Whereas for the Newport Dragons, or that's a bad example because they've just been taken in, but for someone like the Scarlets who maybe have revenue of $5 million, getting 600000 is a massive deal for them and sort of probably means why they've got Lee Halfpenny um, this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I st- I'm still not 100% sure about it. I think there's a lot of issues to sort of work through. But I'm more than happy to give it a shot, I guess. I'm, so that's, that's exactly how I felt. Matt, you had a quick look at the beginning of the fixtures. Edinburgh looks like they've got quite a tasty wee start, actually, yeah, which could do, be a actually. nice, which so, will be a bit of a litmus test for yeah, um, we'll, the Cockerell we'll administration. Um, so the kickoff the season with Cardiff away, then they host the Dragons, and then they host Treviso. Um, couple of, uh, that's playing. a couple of wins, sure. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so. And I think Cardiff, <laughs> you never know, though. I mean, even Trevisa at home might be a bit of a banana skin. But um, like Cardiff away maybe a year or two ago, you'd think they could... I think Cardiff have got better. 
but you know you you could get three wins out of that um so that's pretty encouraging I think you you contrast that with Glasgow though they've they've got to go to Connacht away sports ground first game of the season then they host the Ospreys then Cardiff away and then they host Munster before having a bit of an easier game against Treviso so you know if if they don't do well then then the season's kind of not over but you know, only the top three teams in each pool qualify for the Champions Cup. So, um, that's yeah, true. They, they've got to get some results in that little that little string. That is true. And I suppose with new coaching teams coming in, that is going to be a test for Dave Rennie. It's my understanding that we're not guaranteed a Champions Cup place this no. year. But so, there is, I think, I think there is a seventh slot, and it's done on tries scored or something. It's just the the top three in each group, and then. Um, the next highest points. It was quite. It was quite funny. Even in like the sort of the fake, um, like the fake sort of run through on the Pro 14 graphic when they were explaining the league. Um, Edinburgh got into that final bracket and then got binned off. So even in the, in the <laughs> even in like the the sort of fake world of the graphic, Edinburgh didn't get into the Champions Cup, which I thought was fair. One of the key issues I have with it is I feel like in certain places it's going to create an unlevel playing field. So just. The example that Glasgow get to play Edinburgh three times, and whilst we all have sort of high hopes for Edinburgh being a lot better this season, if I was Ulster or Munster and we're fighting for a playoff spot, and I know I've got to play an Irish team more times than Glasgow play, I'd be pretty pretty annoyed about it. And then the other side is sort of South Africa, where there's sort of two teams are having to start this league basically straight after a Super Rugby season and have to start the league not only during the Rugby Championship, which doesn't affect the Kings because they don't have any players in the South African national team, but also at the same time as the Curry Cup. Yeah. Which means that during a period of the season where we're going to be, the home nation team are going to be at their strongest, South African teams are going to be at their weakest, and during the Six Nations when all the home nation teams are going to be at the weakest, the South African teams are essentially going to be at the strongest. Which, which just creates this sort of unlevel playing field where if you're sort of lucky with fixtures and maybe you get a few of the South African teams at the start, um, then you get a much easier sort of... Um, you get a much easier series of games. And the South African teams in general at the moment, I mean, the Kings look like they're in a complete disaster zone. I know I think they've got what, six of their players from Super Rugby this season. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and they've only just started training as well. Yeah, they've only got 32 players when they've started training and they're hoping to have 45. You need 45 probably for a full squad. Don't have that. Their fly half last year. Remember the lad who did a little round the back? Yeah, yeah, rubber? yeah. He's like, I'm going to Japan. Let's chat. The coach might leave. No, 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 he confirmed. Oh, he, conf- he, confirm? he confirmed today. Okay. But it's the same with the Cheetahs. Like, you know, their best players, Raymond Rule, that Mahoji guy, and Sergio Peterson, are all going to the Stormers or staying in South Africa. So, I don't know. But on a positive note, like, I look at the league. Yeah, go on, partic- give, us some, give us some positives. Particularly Glasgow's league. And you might, you get rid of Zebre, but you've got a league of Ospreys. Cardiff aren't, you know, the best team, but I think they're getting better. Um, Munster, Connaught, Glasgow and the Cheetahs like I think that's a pretty good league actually yeah they were all in the league before though so we could just keep that <laughs> system and have like the extra teams that were there like yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> probably that is okay yeah. I've got a point here just which has just come to my mind after you there Alan do you think if 
Edinburgh had a shot at making the Champions Cup and they had to and Glasgow had to lose if Edinburgh had to beat Glasgow yeah, do you think yeah. the SRU would um, tell Glasgow to stand down because they get the money yeah it's all centralised it's all centralised they could could. do you think the SRU would be I, like listen I lad, think come on if one of the teams had no chance and one of the teams had a chance there might be whispers of oh, why definitely... don't why don't you rest a few of your top name players for the summer tour for the summer tour you don't have anything to play for Hey, it makes it makes sense, it makes and you could see that happening in pretty much every na- every sort of one of those derbies because I think they're all played on the last yeah. weekend. Yeah, and if there's if if there's one thing Mark Dodson is, is he appears to be a businessman. He is a businessman. <laughs> like, he is a businessman. So, Mark Dodson telling Dave Rennie what to do. <laughs> I'd send Scott Johnson in for that job. I'd be like Scott, get down there. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> to be honest, I imagine the coaches. I, I mean, I can't imagine Richard Cockrell's going to take kindly to anything like that. So. Yes. Can I just go back to my point about the league? Though? Sorry. Okay. Yes. But, yes. Matt's got his, his but, PowerPoint out. He's, but, he's really dictating where we go with everything. this. Um, but I still do think that yes, they are the same teams, but you don't have, you don't have both Zebra and Teresa to play, so you don't have just easy wins. Um, and then the Chiefs and Kings. I know they've not been like incredible, but the Kings actually did quite well in Super Rugby this year. And the Cheetahs did okay. But I've, I've done okay in recent years as well in terms of punching above their weight. They both play a pretty good style of rugby. Like They're not typical. They're not like the Bulls or something. They're also, just like, you know, bash them up rugby. There's also interesting stuff. Not It's not level playing field stuff, but just a little bit of interest into the league in that you're going to be going down and playing South African teams in summer. 30, 30 degrees. Yeah, so Edinburgh, Edinburgh have a little tour of South Africa at the end of, of November and the start. So if you think about November, that's glorious <laughs> it's weather. Really, it's and really then weird. They, so you're going to be going down there. It's going to be super hot, flat flat tracks, really nice at altitude. But the Southern Kings, on the other hand, are coming to Edinburgh in January and they're going to be getting, you know, sideways rain, zero degrees and 250 people at Marseille. It's, it, you know, it's, it's now quite a strange league in that you basically have a summer, you have a summer tour. It's what they've always dreamed of. <laughs> yeah, growing up in, in South Africa, you've always dreamed about playing Connet. Is Rob Harley handling 80 minutes in the sun in Bloemfontein? Oh, Christ, yeah. <laughs> That's really dangerous. He, he'll, he probably won't be taken on tour. He'll be arrested for those two. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I'm, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with the league. It's happening. I'm on board. But there's, the only positive is money. I don't think there is any other positive apart from that. People can sort of say what they like. Oh, yeah, the, the cheaters are okay. But in the grand scheme of things, the only positive is money, which isn't a bad thing, yeah. you know? I think... Do we- you think it could be a long-term positive in that if it works as a bit of... If it shows a bit of a success, could the South African teams become a sort of destination for South African players who still want to be in that sort of international net, but maybe want to be getting sort of European money as opposed to, or are they still get, will they still get paid in Rand? I have, I have absolutely no idea. Because if they make it that they get, if they get paid more playing for the Kings and the Cheetahs because they're playing in Europe, will they, will then that attract more South African internationals? Well, possibly, but then, I mean, it's a benefit for South African rugby. So, 
I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but it's a benefit for the general quality of the league in that we're not getting two absolutely awful South African teams. Yeah. If you get quality South African teams, that raises the overall value of the league. I don't believe that the South African <laughs> teams are going to be getting more TV, are going to be generating more revenue from playing in the pro rugby than they will be from playing in super rugby. That just cannot be correct. Well, I don't know, but I, I know that it was part of the sort of the um, the discussions that the South African Union had to sort of do do something to try and get top quality Springboks into those two teams to make sure that the product that they were sending to the Pro 14 wasn't completely awful. Yeah, and they've sent quite an awful product. I mean, I'm, I know yeah, this season. I know, I know, I know this season, but I'm just saying, I think I'm, I was so against it. Just look back on our Twitter account or I think the episode called Shite at Times. That is a discussion about the, pro, the proposed Pro 14. But I'm, I'm sort of, I'm prepared to give it a crack. I think it needs, to, it needs to work. Something needed to change in the Pro 12. We were bemoaning it as much as mm. anyone else last season. And, you know, this was kind of, it was the only option on the table, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if it was the only option on the table, but yeah, I just I, I still think like the the logistics side of it, like you know the the cheetahs and the kings, all the South African teams have struggled to fill their stadiums for like yep. big South African derbies. Who <laughs> who is watching the kings against Edinburgh, the cheetahs against Edinburgh? Like, it's not as if they're like a marquee team with marquee players. They won't know any of the players. Um, apart from some, maybe the, like Anton Bresler or something. Yeah, some of the South Africans <laughs> that are playing for them. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's, I, I, let's see. I, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, and maybe it'll be an interesting product. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. It will whether be interesting. It's, whether it's it good or bad, it's definitely going to be interesting. And um, yeah, so let's just wait and see. And we will do a full sort of season preview for both Edinburgh and Glasgow in probably a couple of weeks' time before they have their first games so yeah pro 14 wait and see i think but something we do know a little bit about but it's not going to be coming until next season or is it the season after it's 2018 2019 so it's 2018 19 this is the super planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Six. So this is the new tier of Scottish club rugby, which is going to go, I guess, some, somewhere between the Premiership and the Pro 14 um, to encourage more players, more of the top quality talent to keep playing rugby at a high standard. So mm-hmm. there's going to be six teams. Matt, I can see you are rustling your papers and your bullet points there. Why don't you take us through the structure and then me and Alan will have a crack about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, semi-pro league, 
the kind of aim of bridging the gap between the club and the pro game, and that's definitely been an issue um, for the SRU in the past. Agreed. That, that the gap between Prem 1, which is a good league, but isn't a great league, and professional rugby, you've seen just too many guys fall by the wayside. Um, so basically, it's going to be a franchise system. You get um, six franchises, um, com- clubs or, or sort of regions can, can bid to become a franchise. Um, and, and if you sort of co- commit, you've got to show that you can match, I think it's 128 grand investment that the SRU are going to make. Um, and per, you have to per match club. that. Sorry? Per, yeah. per club. Yeah. Um, so you have to match half of that, sorry, for, for player payments. Um, each team plays 20 matches a season so you play three, each other three times and then they want to have five like cross-border matches which would be something like the British and Irish Cup I'm sure they put it's it not, in. it's not a league if it's only really got six teams yeah, and then a, and then a, a few fixtures a, in another competition yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that it's less fixtures but you kind of focus on like higher quality games I suppose I mean I'm, I'm all Absolutely, in theory, I'm 100% all for it because that yeah. gap between Premiership, Prem Rugby and Pro Rugby has just been an absolute chasm for yeah. a, a decade and a bit. It's been really awful and it's something that we need to do to keep players playing. But I don't know, six teams? Is, it, is that just a reflection of the, what, the, I, the player I think base? It's the, I even think with six teams, there's question marks over who's going to be able to afford it and the player base. So yeah. I don't think you could go beyond that. So who's really. been? who has been sort of touted as the possibles um there's not been that much chat really apart from like various forums but i think if you think of the the big teams that have the money you you would sort of bring up the likes of air melrose um watsonians if you could get a combined borders team which <laughs> tried before and didn't really work then possibly um and you think of guys maybe in the north maybe sterling county i'm not quite sure I think they're trying to get a Glasgow Hawks team as well, maybe one other Edinburgh. Yeah. But it, it kind of remains to be seen who, who's actually going to apply for the franchise. Can you still play in the National League if you're a franchise? I don't think so. So this is part of like a whole... So SNU investing $3.6 million of, of of money, new money into the whole club game. So the yep. whole structure will be Super 6. Then you have the championship below it, which is basically like Prem 1 these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have three National Leagues. And, and I, those na- anything I think the championship and the Super Six will be completely different teams. It's not like you're going to have like an air franchise and then like their kind of like non-pro team will play in the one championship. Thing, one thing I did see, which I was a little bit disappointed with, is it seemed that the initial response, like academy players in Glasgow and Edinburgh, would not be playing within the Super Six franchises. I think Dodson said he ideally doesn't want current professional players. So I would think that would be people with full-time professional contracts. Okay, so the ones like who are on the sort of tier academy three or academy. I think they'd be able to play. Okay. It would just be guys like, um, you know, like when James Eddy played for Glasgow, like yeah, he was yeah, a second yeah. string and he would often play for Air or someone or Hawks. I think that Dodson ideally doesn't want that to happen. So is that an end to the professional draft system that's going on at the moment? Well, that's one of my questions because if you don't send these guys to the Super Six, then you send them to the Championship, which is presumably an inferior level. So, I think he was Dodson was saying that he wants it to get to he wants Super Six to develop on its own to get to a level where you can then bring the pros in. But I thought they would be a good tool to develop it anyway. Yeah. From a money perspective, I I. 
I just do not see what the benefit is for clubs moving from the the championship in, and becoming a franchise. You basically, compl- the main source of revenue, which is basically ticket sales, yeah. is probably not, they're still playing the same teams. Yeah. So actually, you're just reducing the amount of games and you've got to pay more money for players. Yeah. So it just doesn't, re- I, I feel for clubs, uh, for a lot of them, it just doesn't really make sense to to take that step up because you're not gaining that much from the SOU, was it? 60, well, 120 grand. Yeah, yeah. so it's like 120 grand, half of that goes to the players and then half to player wages and then support, half goes yeah. to like strength and conditioning and the coaching side, which considering they're talking about having full t- well, full time effectively, they're saying professional squads of 35 people. Yeah. That isn't enough money. I completely agree. Yeah, but you've got, as you say, big clubs, the sugar daddies and things like that. Yeah, but we. I don't think that we can... I don't think you can have that league that relies on sugar daddies. You've seen that in so many different like UK rugby teams. That yeah, When someone true. pulls the money out, the club completely falls down But I suppose leagues. at the moment, those those clubs which you mentioned, you sort of your Watsonians and your Ayers and your Melrose, they are essentially... They're playing pair, players already in yeah, a supposedly amateur are. league. Um, yeah, I think they are. So... Maybe it's just a continuation of that, but they're not playing paying thirty five players for full time rugby. You know, these guys have jobs and everything at the same time. That's good. So I don't know. I also kind of struggle with the idea of having if if you do have thirty five full time pro players at each club, that's two hundred and ten players. Where are you getting two hundred and ten players who are not in the Edinburgh and Glasgow team? Well mate, you you start you've just started playing again. Around about the time <laughs> well, I mean, this announced, gonna... the, around about the time this announcement <laughs> came out, actually, they, gonna, you, know, maybe you went to the gym at six a.m. this I morning. Did, are, did, you, well... are you harboring ambitions <laughs> of a move back uh, up north? Possibly. I mean, the player pools—they need enough players. Um, I think so. Yeah. So I reckon you could do. I, it. Ju- I just think that that—that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's at the mo- without any more details. I think it sounds quite rubbish, but. It, it it's just I just don't see how it I just don't see how it works I don't see how it helps helps the teams I completely get the problem they're trying to fix which yeah, is that completely. gap between the Premiership and the pro teams but this doesn't feel like the right solution to that problem uh, and I feel like there is other there is other ways that you can solve that whether it is with an Edinburgh A or a Glasgow A team playing in some sort of league. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, and I know what you mean. With the money that you're putting towards those semi-pro sides, it seems like there is some sort of um, structure you can set. I'm, I'm. I'm prepared to give it the absolute benefit of the doubt at the moment. I think it'll be very interesting to see which clubs put themselves forward, and when mm. they do put themselves forward, you know, what is their plan? What is their sort of um, strategy and things like that? I think there's an awful lot of questions, but I think much like the Pro 14, I'm happy to let it sort of see because I think they are trying to solve this problem. What happened, mate? Where's your cynicism? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's the summer. It's the summer months, you know? I'm just feeling carefree. I'm less excited about this than I am Pro 14. Really? Yeah. I I would say, like, if you think about it, if you can get six, like, well-organized, well-funded franchises that are, have, like, the best kind of semi-pro, aspiring, professional, good club players playing together, there's no relegation. I think it could be a really, really good league. I know it's like Prem 1, but then you've got, but then you've got guys who are training like full time professionals. The standard will absolutely skyrocket. I really think it will. Be far better athletes, far more skillful. 
No relegation. I think it could be really good. I'm just trying to be positive, man. <laughs> Come on, Alan. Oh, what Harriet's get like 250 people through the door. How? Edinburgh only get like two two thousand. <laughs> so I'm getting a bit high. You're getting a little bit high pitched. Um, I just don't think the demand is there for that semi-pro rugby. I have concerns along those lines as well. But these are concerns for the 2018-19 season at the moment. Yeah, but my concerns you, are all pro so, fourteen. So do, do we think <laughs> that if Harriet's get the pro contract? The old Sony bums are going to pop across uh, Edinburgh and watch Harriet's play. Never, never. Can never trust a nail. <laughs> that that is so true. Never trust. Oh, boring. Well, yeah, I just don't see. This isn't going to add to the spectator pool. Yeah, no. I I think it's really interesting because it's going to be sold. As any- a, it's going to be sold as an almost professional product, a semi-professional product, and. It's going to be teams that people might not know if they're rebranded under different franchises and things like that as well. So do you lose something because of that? Well, we're going to get like the Air Sharks. No, the, no the, but they are. They're talking about, they'll be like a Caledonia sort of franchise and things yeah. like that. Cali Reds. The Granite City Reds. That sounds so bad. That used to be a team. That used to be a sort of Aberdeen sort of rugby called? feeder team. Because Aberdeen's the Granite City. No, I know that. But why would you call them the Reds if they're grey? Anyway... <laughs> the Dons? But, uh, yeah, um, don't, I don't know. I think that just another issue is that they seem to be talking about these franchises as minimum five-year commitments. Yeah. That is a lot of money, and that is putting a lot of faith in this product really, really working. But then at the same time, I think of something like when when Scottish clubs did play in the British and Irish Cup, they used to go down south or wherever and get hosed. But when they did play the home games... They're really good crowds, and they got a few more pros in. And like the standard was, you know, a few cuts above Prem One, for example. So yeah. I think if you can replicate that, then I don't think it's it's so bad a thing. But I I I might disagree with you that they're at least trying something, and it might not work. But at least there's like sort of there's backing behind it, and they seem to have a plan. Yeah, they've got a plan, and that is the first thing we've had in a long time. So I'm I'm happy to let it go. I'm happy to let it go now. Is that why Curry rebranded as the Chieftains? Quite possibly. You think they're... What, they just rebranded as the Chieftains? Yeah, it's the Curry Chieftains. Yeah. So maybe they're trying to take that name. They're good. good. (laughs) Don't worry about the money. As long as you're called the Chieftains, you've you've got the franchise. We don't need a a plan. You've got a good name. We can sell that. We can sell the Chieftains. Well, look at the extra Chiefs, you know. They've gone Chieftains. Trying to build off that success. Why the hell not? Right. Quiz. I think we were running a little. We were running we, a little dry there. We were rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for sticking with us. If you were still there, if um, you're still here, we've got a quiz. Alan, right? Crack on. First loss of the year for me coming up. So, Simone Favaro yeah. joined a new club. Oh, don't ask me who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> who did he join? <laughs> And as a bonus point, what is his future profession after rugby going to be? Okay, I don't know either of those. I did see he's he like retweeted one of his tweets he did earlier in this year, basically saying, I love Glasgow Warriors and will always love Glasgow Warriors. What a man. Yeah, I know, what a great guy. Right, question number two. Who is heavier? <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Robbie Fruin or Alex Dunbar? Ooh. What do you think? This is completely based 
on what both Edinburgh and Glasgow Robbie websites have told me. So That's okay. That's about as good a source as you can get. Yeah, it's true. And the second weight-related question, who is heavier, Glasgow's new Tongan prop or okay. Big Brian? Ooh. So... I reckon it's probably Big Brian. Young young Brian. The Tongan is white. He's a wide He's old boy. boy. Um, I, Brian's absolutely massive. He was on his Instagram, actually. He was on, looks like he was on quite a nice holiday. Just thought I'd let you know. Where's he going on holiday? I don't know. It was like an island somewhere. <laughs> He's in the sun. Ziggy's gone home. Wait. No, no, no. no. I mean, <laughs> not that. Not, <laughs> All right. No, not the island. Anyway, no. anyway. Sorry. Digress. We are, we digress. Are massively digressing. Um, when Glasgow... Won the Pro 12 final. What was their backline? Oh, the whole. The whole backline. 2015, 31, 13. Okay. Tolman Park? No. Ravenhill against Munster. Was it? I or was remember. it the RDS, maybe? Monster. It was against, against was Munster, Ravenhill. Raven Hill. Yeah. The RDS, uh, not the RDS, the, um, right. Kingspan. Yeah. And then your last question. Five points available. Scotland are facing New Zealand in the Autumn Internationals. What was the score the last time they played and who were the four point scorers on the pitch? Oh, bloody hell. It wasn't that bad. I don't know the score. Uh, I think I might have it. I think I might have it. If if I've got that, then I'd be very, very chuffed. Both try scorers. Do you want me to go now? No, no, no. We'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. Although, on a side note, the back row against that New Zealand that day was Rob Harley, Adam Ash, and Blair Cowan. <laughs> Wowee. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Right. So, Moen Favaro, where has he gone? I think he's joined Racing Metro. I, I'm pretty sure he's not joined Racing Metro. He's joined like a... Are they like semi pro or not? Like, is it second division something? You're correct. He's joined Fiamme Oro. Yeah, he's joined semi pro Italian side. Do I get? I surely get (laughs) half a point for semi pro. I'm going to give you half a point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And does anyone know what his future career is going to be post rugby? I wrote plumber. Plumber? I wrote he's going to import Pecorino to the UK. You'd make a lot of money doing that, I reckon. Probably would. Probably um, would. No, Fiamma Oro are the semi-pro Italian police rugby team. And oh, he is planning to yeah. be a police officer post-rugby. I'm sorry, how is he playing semi-pro rugby? He's really good. <laughs> he really wants to be a policeman, apparently. He says he wants to be a policeman, so he's thinking about his future career. And Conor O'Shea has said that he can still play for Italy. So he's playing in the league. So... Italy have a semi-pro league. Italy have got a Super (laughs) 6. So, yeah, if Italy can do it, then there we go. But, yeah, so... Maybe he'll get a gig at the Curry Chieftains one day. That is true. If he's semi-pro experience, get him from Police Scotland. Yeah, be a policeman in East Lothian. Be delightful. That'll be Uh, fine. Right, anyway, keep digressing. (laughs) Um, Wait, Fruin or Dunbar? Who's your man? Who's heavier? Robbie Fruin. I've gone Robbie Fruin. Dunbar ah, Dunbar is 106 take, kg We've both taken the bait there And Robbie Froon is 105 You have both taken the bait Big Bry Or the Tongan prop I went Big Brian Big Bry Yeah mate Big Bry's absolute killing him out of the park 
Brian's 135 kilograms. 135 kilos? Yeah. Good God. The only other player that I could see was close was Murray Lowe, who was about 128 kgs. <laughs> so, um, Murray Lowe's weight isn't all good weight either. It's not all good weight. That is definitely true. Right. Glasgow backline. I've done really badly on this. I'd like to preface. I think you go, you go one, we're going one for one. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Who's just from half? Matawali? It's Henry Pergos, isn't it? Yes, it's Henry Pergos. Well, I guess one of the two, so... <laughs> uh, Russell. I also had Finn Russell. Um, Alex Dunbar. I had Pete Horn. Boom, Pete Horn. Ah, oh, for Christ's sake. I had Richie Vernon at 13. Mark Bennett. Richie Vernon. <laughs> how the hell did they win this game? <laughs> I know. I and know. having watched it, how do I not remember any of these weird people playing? Right, well, I've won that, so I'm going to name both the wingers. Go on, then. I've gone DTH. And I don't think it's right, but I've gone Sean Lamont. I went Sean Lamont and Tommy Seymour. Yeah, you both get one. Lamont was on the bench, I think. Uh, yeah, Seymour C- and DTH. Yes. Yeah, because that was the game Lamont came on and, and he popped, he dislocated his shoulder. Oh, yeah, so he did. And he popped it back in. And I'm assuming you both got Stuart Hogg as fullback. I got Stuart Hogg as fullback, um, yes. Right. And the last question, because I think Hanny's probably won this. I think he probably has. Is what was the score and who were the four people who scored points the last time Scotland played New Zealand? What have you, what have you got? I've got the scores 24-19. Was it that close? I mean, it was close. I, mean, think, I, I, think I'm thinking of the right, I hope I'm thinking of the right game. I like actually fruit. didn't write down a score, so I'll say... <laughs> 25 19. 28 19. <laughs> um, very close, 24-16. Ah. So, and who were your four scorers? So, I think Seymour got the intercept. Correct, I had that as Laidlaw well. was the goal kicker that day. And I had Laidlaw as well. Carter was playing, so I assume he scored points. And then I think that Jeremy Thrush scored. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> he I, scored against Scotland. Yeah. I had Seymour, Laidlaw, Carter, and then I didn't quite finish. So I will guess on my final one and say... Oh, no, 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 it is. It Victor Vito. Yes. Okay. Uh, I was just about to say Victor Vito. I know. So uh, yeah, Victor a... Vito scored first, and then Seymour got the interception. Uh, we were playing in red that day, were we not? Yeah. It was that red jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, down in, I was, in, uh, I was in Newcastle and that l- weekend. I remember watching it. I didn't Laidlaw miss a pretty important kick. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he did. Hit himself in the head. But as we tweeted earlier, we're playing them, playing them in autumn after they're playing two internationals against France. Yeah, I know. Saturday, I, Tuesday, and then us on the Saturday. They must be bringing a pretty mammoth squad. Um, up to yeah, it must be. They'll do. They'll do like a forty-plus touring party, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And yeah, I expect we will still get beaten despite them being uh, <laughs> despite them being absolutely hanging. Well, well, well done, Matt. Continuing your winning ways from uh, season one. Um, shall we finish up third Thistle issue? Just our last sort of general musings on the SRU AGM and the bits and pieces that came out of that. One of the things I want to pick up on was these foreign club partnerships. We talked about Stade Nissoir. Yeah. Uh, uh, correct um, pronunciation, which seems to be a sort of fourth tier French fighting and smoking league. Seems pretty good. Yeah. I mean, sounds better than air. 
I'm sure there's plenty of fighting and smoking there as I'm well. sure there's actually quite a substantial <laughs> amount of fighting and smoking there. And, um, well, one of them was the Western Force, I believe, but they are now yeah. no longer... And um, is it Western Province as well that was, uh, that was involved? Yeah, I think Western Province, Stellenbosch is part of the deal. And then Lille Rugby as well, which I think is maybe just a women's one. Jade Conkle, the sort of, who seems to be the star of Scottish women's rugby, has gone out there. Um, so yeah, it all seems. I kind of get it. The the Nice one we've got to talk. Well, I tweeted about it. Seems really odd just because they're really far down. And supposedly, I think there was an article saying that they they did genuinely. They're all smoking after training and stuff. So it doesn't exactly sound very professional. They do have ambitions, I believe, to get to um, Pro D two by twenty nineteen. But I mean. <laughs> It does seem, but I read, I'm sure, pretty sure it was Mark Palmer in the Sunday Times was talking about there's some sort of financial um, deal going on with with that as well. I'm not entirely sure why the SRU, when it doesn't have the money for like a third pro team, is helping a fourth division French team become a better rugby club. That seems a bit funny. Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> Just sending... Peter Murchie down to like coach the fourth tier of French rugby. That struck me as a sort of like a nice soft landing to say, thanks a lot, Pete. Listen, you've been around for a while. Can we can we help you out with a gig in the south of France? I don't mind the coaching one because it could be a good place to cut your teeth, but you're not doing it in Scotland. And then I also don't understand the players that have been chucked over there. Like I get the guy, um, is it Simmer? Not Simmers, uh, Henderson. Yeah, Henderson went. And Flockhart, the, the sort of young back row but then they chucked David Cherry in there, who's sort of been middling around in London Scottish. Obviously, a good player, but he's what twenty-seven or something. Like, yeah, yeah twenty-seven. Yeah. Is he really going to make it by now? Um, is going to Nice going to be the like final push that makes him a worthy pro player of an Edinburgh Glasgow squad? I don't know. It just seems very odd. And as you say, if you've got the money, surely that should be going into say this Super Rugby thing or this Super Six or whatever. Or, or making Prem 1 a bit better. I just, I don't really see the the point in it. Yeah, we all sound pretty lukewarm on that. <laughs> Although, if you were an up-and-coming uh, Scotland player, a little trip to the south of yeah. France for yeah. six months would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Prefer South Africa or yeah. Perth. That would be really nice. Um, and speaking of uh, foreigners, we are now being pretty unabashed about it. We're calling it the Scot- the Scottish Qualified Programme. And we have people stationed all over the world trying to um, find people who are Scots qualified or can be Scots qualified, including Cammy Mather in New Zealand. So, yeah. Do you think, so like, I kind of got people being out there. So I, I kind of get it, but at least when you had people like Josh Strauss, you're kind of like, well, I think this is this player that's not going to make it to South Africa. I think we can bring him over and they've got like the three-year residence rule. And now that's been pushed to five years, that's not really going to happen anymore. Do you think like Cammy Mather is just going up to people that look a bit Scottish? <laughs> and he's like, you got a Scottish grandmother somewhere? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, how, do you, how do you go about it? Do you just go up to the, Because it's not like everyone's got their like heritage, like, do they? Well, hopefully he's not just approaching people in the streets. I mean, <laughs> hopefully he's starting at rugby clubs at least. But. Yeah, but how do you how do you go about that? Because obviously clubs don't want you to come in because they. I guess you just go through agents and whatnot. But agents and there's a lot of Mick Watsits in New Zealand. I think the oddest one is there's a scout in Japan. 
Who are we getting in Japan? <laughs> it's not as if it's like an ex-colonial country. <laughs> like that is V strange. Is that? But that must be presumably finding. I mean, the good players. You're not getting a Japanese guy. Surely you're not getting a Japanese guy to come over to Scotland because I think he's really good. That would be so weird. Wait, is there definitely a guy in Japan? Yeah, mate. I read it today. It's like the AGM release. It does have a question mark next to you on the notes, but presumably that's just to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it does seem strange. Surely picking up, you know, Islanders that went to the Japanese league or Aussies that have gone to the and asking them to come over for three years. I mean, it's... But I don't know. We don't have that bigger player pool at home, so we've got to go out there and compete. And I think... What I get from all of these things that we've talked about, you know, Super 6 and sending these kids off to Nice or Stellenbosch or us going around the world and trying to find people, the SRU are just trying to drum up as many people who can play rugby and associate them with Scotland as much as possible and keep kids playing rugby or go and find these guys who are not going to make it for their countries. I think also on the scouting point, like your return on investment could be really good. I don't think that's the full-time job for any of them. So you're probably not paying them that much. Then in case you do get like a Josh Strauss or a Nell or something, like that Hamish Christie guy from New Zealand, it's maybe worth it, I suppose. Yeah, just Cammy Mather sitting in the national records of New Zealand, like tracing da- <laughs> Damien McKenzie's <laughs> genealogy to find out like where his mum came Let's from. Let's get Damo over. Yeah, I mean, it just seems a bit... But just these little nuggets that came out of the AGM, quite interesting... Um, interesting little bits and pieces was there anything further on that that we wanted to raise making cash making bank yeah. making a lot of money aren't they yeah overall SRU released this video and it's typical SRU spin but it's been like a really good year yeah like, yeah no record, record revenues I mean I'm not saying it's coincidence wait but, I'm not saying it's coincidence you're saying what are you trying to say I'm, I'm trying to say that we're the reason that... Oh, right. Rugby. Well, you know, um, circumstantial, but... Circumstantial. Yeah, so record revenues, debt piles gone down, um, really good attendance figures, and then on the field, I mean, Scotland did rise to fifth in the world rankings for like half a day. <laughs> but, you know, a good Six Nations, under-20s finished fifth. Um, Scotland women actually won a game in the Six Nations. Scotland sevens finished seventh in the world. Two series wins, like... Overall, fair fair play. Good little year, really. Bloody great year. And hopefully we will um season two will help them to propel themselves to even greater heights. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Um I mean it'd be classic Scottish style to have literally the worst year ever. Wooden spoon. Wooden wooden spoon lose Glasgow to, Samo- and lose to Samoa in the yeah. uh, autumn. Glasgow and Edinburgh don't make the Champions Cup. Wow. On that, and on, that <laughs> on that note, shall we end it <laughs> as possibly as grim as we possibly can be? Um, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Season two, we are going to be with you all season. Um, every week, we're going to try and do as many as we possibly can. Apart from next week. Apart from next week. Back in two weeks. But And if, uh, if anyone's at Bridge Hall on Saturday, I'm going to be up there. So I don't know how we'd meet up, but, you know, I'm going to be there. So <laughs> listen out for my voice. You tweet a little photo of yourself. People might come up and see you. Yeah, like a weird sort of game of Where's Wally. Yeah. Be good fun. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I think, I think we should call it a day. Cool. Thanks a lot for joining us. Keep up with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Podcast and follow us on iTunes or the ACAST podcast app. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.